Thursday, also known as pre-Friday, June 11th. I'm Mrs. Byers. And I'm Mr. Nemro, and you're listening to the Patriot Podcast. And so today, with it being our penultimate show. Such a good word. Yes, that means second to last. Jealous that you um, got to, jealous that you got to want, say it. I'm really, um, I'm going to give a little um, info with our days because I think why not educate a little bit. So yeah. today is corn on the cob day, um, appropriate because it's a summer food for us. And there are six different kinds of corn, but sweet corn is the one that's most celebrated on this day. But no judgment if you want to celebrate other kinds of corn because <laughs> we are yeah. corn accepting. Yes, we're, we're, corn we're a accepting. safe place for all the corn. Safe place for all the corn. Um, and it all is also Cousteau Day. It's Jacques Cousteau's birthday. And um, if you don't know who he is, for a while, he was sort of the expert on all everything having to do with sea creatures. He right, was an yeah. underwater explorer. The really cool thing is that he wasn't really even like, he wasn't really like a biologist. He just sort of got into it. He's like, so, he was like the Steve, the Steve Irwin of the, Steve sea, Irwin. of the sea, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes, he was. What's your what's your favorite corn dish, Janine? Oh, um, I find corn too sweet as, as a vegetable, but I mm-hmm. do I love some corn cornbread. Oh yeah. So um, I I watch a ton of cooking shows because uh, I've because I'm an addict, um, and I have always seen Mexican street corn made like on shows oh, and stuff, right. like diners, drive-ins, and dives and stuff. Um, but I made a Mexican street corn salad. So basically just, yeah, made it the same way, but instead of keeping it on the cob, I shaved all the corn off and made it as like a side. Listen, awesome. Like what's, what's in the sauce that they put on it? It's, um, it it, was like cilantro. It's like the cheese. It's the, um, crema. It's, um, uh, chili powder. Uh, it's not, it wasn't a lot to it, but man, I would, I would eat it out of the trash. Like it was good (laughs) out of someone's shoe. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Funny you say that. My puppy is actually sleeping on a shoe right no, now. Or, so. and, or, or <laughs> shout, it. Yeah. shout out to little Solo, the, the Yorkie. Um, um, you know how I like to add uh, add days? Today's also ball yes. p- ballpoint pen day, which is just so stupid. Oddly specific. Yeah, and also, if you're still writing with a ballpoint pen, like, have you not discovered all the other pens? Like, No, but a ballpoint pen is just like not, a Bic. A not, Bic is a ballpoint pen. Yeah, that, I, what? Do you write with those? If I had, if it's the only thing I have around, yeah. Okay, sure, yeah. If I'm starving, I'll eat gruel, but I'm not gonna like choose that. <laughs> Pen snob. Yeah, oh no, a hundred percent. Nowhere near as bad as Jeff Hampson, who I will later shout out in the podcast. Oh, Hampson is yeah, a huge, he's a yeah. pen pen snob. Also, uh, National Ice Tea Day. I love. Ooh. I love. All right, iced quick tea. question: yeah. sweetened or unsweetened? Oh, sweetened. Yeah. Uh uh-uh, uh, unsweetened. Oh, uh uh-uh. God, that's like no. black coffee. You drink your coffee black though too, don't you? I actually don't. Oh, I put either I put almond milk or cream in it, depending on what's available. God, I was talking to somebody the other day about black coffee, and they're like, oh. "I can drink it black though, because oh, you know, listen, in a pinch, it's bean water and sweet tea without sugar is just leaf water. Like that's gross." Yes, <laughs> it's it's uh, not. Yes, it's gross, but yes, nope, it's nope, leaf water. Nope, you I agreed. Mean. I won the argument. Okay. No, uh, no, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> All right. Topic of the day, sir. Yes, topic, topic of the of day. The day. Uh, topic of the day. What is your favorite place on earth? That is a doozy. I feel like this one is difficult to say just one place. Yeah. I could give you a list. Um, and also like, talk- lo- like location or like, right. Yeah. You could go a bunch of different I, ways. I, 
I, I think we should stick with actual location, sure. not like wherever the people I love are. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm with you. Let's go yeah. location somewhere we can drive okay. to. Um, I've got a few. Um, first, I'm going to say the Virginia mountains. They are my happy place. Yeah. I love looking at them, being in them. You're yes, a, you're a big, you're, um, a big, you're a big hiker. I, 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 yes. When my knees allow, um, I also, I would say my actual location, like on a map, you know, you can find it would be Salamanca, Spain. Um, it is, I, I, I swear if you are sitting in the Plaza Mayor having, hanging out with friends at the cafes and it is dusk, the color blue of the sky, it's like magic. It seems like it's not even a real color in real existence. So, yeah. And then, um, there's also this big tree in, in a church in mid, hold on middle of the plains. Yeah. There's a big tree that has, yeah. And I, that's my favorite tree. Okay. I just, that's super go there and, That's and not just a place like, uh, there's a tree that I would like to sit by. Literally. Yeah. yeah. That's so, awesome. um, so those are three. Uh, I mean, I also love New York city. Like, yeah, yeah. 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 This is such a, this is a hard question. Cause there's so many places, right. That you love your, right. your answer made me think of an answer. Um, what seems like a lifetime ago, Julie O'Neill and me and uh, another teacher, two other teachers took a bunch of students from Brentsville to Italy. And right. when we were there, uh, a buddy of mine happened to be in Italy at the same time. This is pre everybody with an iPhone. So right. like we, we had no idea like our itineraries and all these things. And I didn't have an international phone. Like one kid on the trip had an international phone. So none of us were calling anybody. And he and I both happened to be walking down the street in a town called Monte Cantini, which is just outside of Florence. Uh-huh. And so we're, you know, it's me and three teachers and our 30 students, although they had graduated, but 30 students and we're walking down the street and across the street, you hear my buddy, uh, Hey, Nim! <laughs> and I look over in Italy. It, and it's my friend, Scott bear. And, um, and the kids are like, Mr. Nemo, you know, people in Italy, <laughs> But that night we had, we had dinner and, and, uh, just walked around in this little tiny little old town. So a Monte Cantini, Italy is one of my favorite places, but my, my favorite geographical place, uh, is Harrisonburg, Virginia. Oh yeah. And it's different now than it was, but I, I have such well, I was there for a while, but, um, I, I've such, <laughs> I was there for four years. <laughs> um, well, yeah, some you were there for a little bit longer, two tours, yeah. two tours. Um, I, I just love Harrisonburg. I love the way that, uh, I grew up there. I, I became like an adult. I feel like there, I love. And, and to clarify, you mean grew up like as in going to college there. You mature. Oh yeah. 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 Sorry. I'm, I'm yeah. Born and raised uh, Princeton County, but yeah, I, I was not, <laughs> I was not a grown up when I went to college for any, <laughs> right. for any for any 18 year old seniors that think that they're grown up when they're going to college, like you're years ahead of where I was then. Um, but I (laughs) just, I just love the, that there's old town in Harrisonburg and then the mountains are so close. And then just, and some of this is just cause you know, I, I speak for myself, but I'm, I, I think you'll agree. Like we're just such teacher nerds. I just love the feeling of a campus and you know, school and, um, and you know, the bluestones are so beautiful and the village is like a quaint little thing. And, Right. Yeah. I just, I just love Michelle and I talk, you know, that sometimes like if we were to move, like we would move, I I would move to Harrisonburg. We actually tried to move to Harrisonburg and it just didn't quite work out. We actually did try. Um, Yeah. I would say that I also love JMU. I, I don't know if I was, I was somewhat of an adult when I got there, but I love the person it allowed me to become. Yeah. 
and I'm yeah, sure and that's the true. Jam you allowed me to become. I'm sure that's true for a lot of college towns, but then I talked to some people about their college experience, and I, I will say, just in a shameless JMU plug, that the people that I know that go to that went to or go to JMU talk about Harrisonburg with such a reverence to the total accepting nature of that school and that community of everyone and every person from different walks of life. And I just, yeah, I just love it. I did too. I, I listen, I'm doing this podcast based on something I did there that I was a college DJ. So, yeah. um, yeah, that's, that, yes. The things I did there became, have become the pillars of my life. So yeah. Agreed. No so this tur now turned into a praising James Madison university sure. well, and Harrisonburg. I'll tag them on yeah. Twitter too. So, uh, yeah. we, 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 for our penultimate, I got to say too, for our penultimate episode, uh, we're going to bring on Miss Cahill, uh, business teacher, Miss Cahill. So, uh, we're excited to talk to her yeah. and I'm curious. Yes, we see. are. Yeah, I'm curious to see. We're going to talk to her about the current economic state of the country because she's, you know, smart lady like that. And then also I'm curious to see what her place is. All right, folks, for this penultimate, again, that means second to last ep <laughs> just, podcast episode. We're beating that word to death. We are. Sorry <laughs> about that, guys, but it's a good word. It's a good word. Um, and it has nothing to do with pens. Um Anyway, we're doing a disservice to our guests. So um, today we have the business department chair, the um, stellar AP econ teacher, Miss Jill Cahill, joining us. Welcome, welcome. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here. We're happy, we're happy to, to, have, to have, yeah. you. Yeah. Oh man, I was jinxed. Yeah, we're happy to have you. Thanks for coming on the podcast. And I'm glad to know what penultimum means now. Penultimate, <laughs> yes. Penultimate. I didn't yeah. get the word wrong. I had that word like in the back of my head for like, ooh, this is our second to last episode. I'm gonna I'm gonna say penultimate today and then Janine. And I used it yeah, and he didn't <laughs> I stole his thunder. Super bad. Um, so we'll we'll start uh, we'll start with the easy topic I think today because we have two for you, Miss Cahill. The easy topic is our topic of the day, and that is what is your favorite place on Earth? And we decided it can't be like a you know wherever my kids are or anything like that. It's like a yeah. some place we could take a plane, boat, yeah. bus, car to. But it could be a, it doesn't have to be like a town. It can be anything that's yeah. geographical. So it doesn't location. have to be a specific place. No. Can it be like, okay, that's easy for me. It okay. is the beach. <laughs> and it doesn't okay. matter what state the beach is in. And, and I, I grew up in a coastal town. Um, and that's where I'm, that's where I belong. That's where like, did you grow up? Uh, Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Oh, wow. Ooh. Yeah. So, I just visited yeah. there two summers ago for the first time. Lovely place. Yeah. And mo Lovely when I say place. that, most people go, oh, I didn't realize people actually lived there. I thought it was yes. just a place to go vacation. But no, so I grew up there and grew up in the summers on the beach. And that's just what I know. And then, you know, I joined the military and was sent around to places that was not near the beach. <laughs> so I was away for, you know, years. And now... Anytime I can get back to the beach, that's where I go. So that's my favorite place on earth. For do, you sure. do you have a, uh, a favorite beach or then do you have like a random beach that, that you've been to? Um, a favorite. So my favorite beaches, anything on the Gulf coast of Florida for yeah. sure okay. would be favorite because of the sand and the clear water. I'd, I like to be able to see, my Likewise, in the water, you know, like the murky. Likewise. I don't like the murky seaweed <laughs> no. stuff. Nope, yeah. can't do it. So clear, no, which is funny because the beach I grew up on was not clear, and the no. water was freezing cold, <laughs> and you know, crabs biting your toes and stuff. 
But, you know, as I've gotten older, I've gotten a little bit more selective in my. <laughs> because you can. Liking. Yeah. Yeah. Very and good. Then, I he, said the Virginia mountains. So you and I are kind of opposites. Hmm. hmm. Yeah. Then yes, any, any, any random beaches, Jill, that you've been to like far away or on, on your, while you're in, while you're serving any, any, did you get to go well, to beach at all? I mean, actually, yeah, I went, I've spent some time in the middle East. And so on one of my R and R trips, when I was in Afghanistan, I got to spend some time on the beach in Qatar. Oh, or wow. some people call it Qatar. There's but a it, Qatar, how you pronounce it. Qatar, Qatar. I believe um, the people that live there say Qatar, though. They do. So that's why I say we're going to go with that one. Okay. Um, which was interesting because that's a beach, but it's super hot, right? So the water, when you go in the water, it's literally like a bathtub. It's not yeah. like you're not cooling off. You're just like taking a bath in <laughs> the ocean, um, which is weird. So that was probably the most random beach I've been to. But again, I was there. Uh, I was, you know, because in Afghanistan, I wasn't on a beach. There's no beaches in Afghanistan. So just being away from there and being someplace where there was sand and water, I was like, you know, I'm home. Oh, that's where cool. I should be. Yeah. That's awesome. So um, we wanted to bring you on uh, because, you know, without getting too far down a a path, um, the world that we're living in because of the pandemic, you know, I feel like I feel like Janine and I talk about some in some way that that the pandemic has affected us in school and our kids and all that, you know, almost every every time we do an episode. But we were wondering if you could kind of lend some of your AP econ expertise to the economics of what's going on and, and will this affect sort of, you know, I'm, I'm sure there are things that are happening now that you probably teach our students about and, and how important an understanding of that topic is for the kids that are all just graduating and out in the world and all that. Yeah. You know, um, this has been a tough time for me as a teacher because everything that I teach in macroeconomics is all about what you're seeing in the news right now. And at the beginning of the year, the, the one thing I try to do with my students is relate the content to what, why do I need to know this? Because when I took economics in college, I hated it. Mostly right. It can be very dry. Very dry. My professors didn't explain why this is important to understand. It was just like, here's what you need to know to pass the course. So um, I learned to love economics, actually, during my military service, I got to work um, a year as an intern in the White House, working um, at the Office of Management and Budget, putting the president together. Right, so I learned a lot about why economics matters, like why it, how it affects the typical citizen. So in my class, when I'm teaching the content, I try to relate it to these kids going, hey, there's why you need to understand this. You're gonna be a voter soon. You're gonna be out in the world soon. So, you know, when I, I use current events when I can, but the last, decade plus, we've been recovering from the Great Recession of 2008, right? So I'm able to relate a lot of what's happening now, not right now, but before COVID, to the recession of 2008, which our students don't understand, but they're like, yeah, I know about it. My parents told me about it. So as we hit this point of COVID-19 and all of a sudden, like everything I teach them about unemployment, about GDP growth or decline or not or not right about the stock market they're seeing this in the news and i'm at home going man this is some great relevant content that i could actually share with my students um and i and i have and and they've asked me questions and they understand what's going on but what's 
what's interesting about it all is in the economics class, these students have learned what these indicators like unemployment and, and GDP growth mean. So when they see, yeah, right now our, our nation has this huge unemployment rate, right? Way higher. It's like I think last check was around 13, 12 or 13%, which our country normally has an unemployment rate of 5%. But my students understand why that jump is there. They understand, you know, businesses have shut down. They right. shut down. Why? Because we have this stay at home order. So now they understand that this 12% unemployment rate is not going to stick around. Once businesses open up, that's going to go back down to normal. So they don't panic. They're like, yep, this is normal. This is what happens. And when they see what's happening in the stock market, they understand again, this is normal. We have business cycles. Things go up, things go down, and this is what right. happens. And they can actually relate to it, and they can predict, okay, what's going to happen in the next few months as businesses open? We're going to see unemployment go down. We're going to see GDP growth pick up, and we're going to see the stock market recover. And they understand why, and they're not panicking, right. and they're That's not awesome. going, yeah, this is a really tough time, but we we know why it's happening. That's awesome. Right. Yeah, that's I feel like I, I should pay you for like private tutoring <laughs> yeah. after that yeah. lesson. I'm going to be sitting in random classes of Jill's next year, just in the back. Saying, Mr. Do you need something? No, no, I'm just uh, I'm just here to learn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll tell, it's funny. as I, Like I said, most people think economics is incredibly boring and my students take it. I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but they know they take AP economics because it's a replacement for econ and personal finance, which is right. a graduation requirement. And they 99 percent. 99.99% uh, of my students take it to get the weighted grade for a graduation requirement. They don't take it because, hey, we really think economics would be interesting. Right. <laughs> but usually by about January, February, they're like, hey, this actually, this stuff is relevant. Yeah. This makes right. sense. And by then I have switched over a few and I always have a few that leave and go major in economics. That's Never great. even thinking that that would be a subject that they would have any interest in. That's great. One of my, one of my jealousies is a math teacher, you know, when I, when I was doing that. And I think one of the reasons I like my job now is that I have the ability to teach kids how, or teach adults how to do things that are like applicable to what they're doing. And it's such a, it's, you know, it's, yeah. con it's content that they can take and let, you know, no one is, no one cares about the difference between a rhombus and a square. No one, uh, nope. no one, uh, but, but this stuff matters. Um, side, side story. I took microeconomics in college. Yeah. I still don't firmly understand the difference between the two, but my, I remember vividly Dr. Jerome, um, at JMU, which we talked about earlier, walked in on the day of the final exam and, you know, they had the boards that would slide, you know, so the right. question is behind it and he slides the board. Everybody's got their blue books out and we're all ready to take it. He slides the board up and it says, what is microeconomics? And I remember just sitting there thinking, oh, God. <laughs> That was the exam. That was your question. Right, that was the exam. Yeah, that was the right. Wow. And, and so since then, until this day, just now, I have hated economics. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But well, Jill, and, you, Jill, you have changed my mind. Micro and macro are so different. Because right. micro is all about supply and demand and individual markets. And, and it's more of a business focused um, class where macro right. is about the economy as a whole. But 
Yeah. Right. It, if, if you don't make it relevant and make it relate and even micro, cause I've, I've done both macro micro in years this year, we just did macro. Thank goodness. Not knowing what was going to happen, but right. um, even micro, you can make that relatable if you're, you if you're a business mind, especially if you're an entrepreneur and you have to understand how with micro is all about why does your cup of coffee cost $4 at Starbucks? That's right. microoeconomics. Because they can and people <laughs> exactly. buy it. That's the demand. I because remember, their marketing has been, spot on. I, I remember like, that's what I, I filled that blue book with so many like, you know, first quadrant graphs of like lines and curves. <laughs> God, man, that was awful. Well, Jill, we, we really great. appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Uh, we hope you enjoy uh, your summer since we're, we're basically, yes. for te- you know, kids are pretty much done. Teachers are almost done. So hope you get to enjoy some time at the beach. That being your I place will. and all. Um, and uh, so th- thanks for coming on with us. We really thanks appreciate for coming it. on. Thanks for letting me be your, your, what's the word again? Pen, penultimate, penultimate. Janine got to say it again. I know we should have the, our show sponsored by the word penultimate. (laughs) Thanks for being here. Thanks Jill. (laughs) Thanks for having me. And as you all probably know, we can now be found on a litany of loquacious and yet lovely podcasts. Just search for the Patriot podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media. The show is at Patriot underscore podcast. Janine is at Senora Byers and I am at Mr. Numero and the website is podcast.patrioths.com. That's it for today's episode. Travel makes one modest. You see what a tiny place you occupy in the world. That's Gustav Flaubert and have a good one, everybody. Be kind to yourselves and each other.